Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who changed their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Today, I'm connecting to Yuta with Pearson Wild. She is a yoga teacher, coach, and she helps women reclaim their wild and reconnect to their intuition. Hello, Kirsten. Thank you for hopping on this conversation with me. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. As mentioned, I'm Kirsten. Um, I'm a lifelong yogi, so I've been practicing yoga for almost 20 years at this point. And only recently I've started to share this with others because I'm just really passionate about helping women to, as you mentioned, reclaim that wild. Because when you do, you really have all this bravery and confidence to go after your big dreams. And I really love helping women to kind of reconnect back into their present experience and realize that they have all of these skills, all of these resources within them. Um, and really helping women, particularly those who have fallen into caretaker roles. And as women, we often you know, become people pleasers and ourselves are the last people that prioritized. So really helping women to realize that, you know, that needs to come first. And um, so many things are possible once you have that. Mm -hmm. In a moment, I would like to tap, to dig a little bit deeper into this. But first, uh, Kirsten, what have you been doing before you started your business? Yeah, absolutely. So I originally, as you mentioned, I'm in Utah now. I'm originally from Michigan in the Midwest. And I studied in college marketing communications and ended up working for about 10 years in the nonprofit sector, um, a job that was really rewarding and, and fun, but I got really burnt out from that job. And during that same time, you know, this big world catastrophe called COVID happened. And I'm sure it shook a lot of your worlds just as it did mine. Uh, at that time, I had just recently gotten married and that uh, my ex-husband, he actually was an addict and I was in a very codependent relationship. And that kind of opened my eyes to it when he relapsed in March of 2020 and really threw our life into a lot of chaos and turmoil. I was in a state where I was very scared all the time of what was next. And thankfully, during that same time, I had actually done something for myself for the first time in years, which was sign up for my yoga teacher training. It was something I had always wanted to do. And I don't know, something within me, I'm guessing that intuition told me it was time. And it really truly saved my life because during the same time at home when things were chaotic and out of control and scary, I was learning to sink into my present experience and build confidence within myself. So when I graduated from that program, I made the really, really hard decision to actually leave my ex-husband for my own safety and be able to reclaim that power for myself. And during that process of learning, during that process of divorce, I was granted the opportunity through the state of Michigan to actually change my last name, which was such a gift. And, you know, often you can go back to your maiden name. And I chose instead to claim a new name for myself, which is Wild, which is my new name. It is my legal name. And it is a reminder to myself to always choose myself and live my most authentic life. So 
following and preceding that, I really sunk into my yoga studies even deeper, really reclaimed my wild even more and started to figure out how to make my dream come true, which was to travel full time. And I wanted to explore the West part of the country. I wanted to live out of my car and, you know, everybody told me that was crazy, right? Like you can't leave your career. You can't sell your house. You have everything. What are you doing? You can't go live in your car, but that's what I wanted. And I knew that was what was right for me because I was so burned out and I didn't know what was next. And I really needed that space to be able to explore what was next. Um, And so I did. And I explored the West and I lived out of my car and I met so many amazing people. I became a rock climber, which I, you know, takes a lot of bravery. And that was um, something that was something I always wanted to try. And during that time, I really took a lot of self-reflection and realized that, hey, this is achievable for everybody. You know, whether this is your dream or you have a different dream. And, it, you know, it would be selfish of me to keep all of these resources, all these tools, everything I've learned to myself. And so I decided that, yeah, I wanted to launch a business to help other women go after their dreams and build that bravery and confidence to go after whatever it is that they want. I love that. That was now probably many, many years, like fast forward. I would like to go a little bit back to what you said, that after your heavy divorce, you also have left your job, even though it was rewarding. Yes. You said you burned out. I think it was, was this like, like a ripple effect? Would you say that everything just came together where you had the feeling you want to leave one and the other? Yeah, it kind of felt like it was this big changing point where it was like, okay, I can't, something's got to give, right? I'm giving everything, all of myself to this job and I'm not getting the return and the reward that I want out of it. I'm not growing anymore in this space. I'm also giving everything and all that I am to my partner and I'm not receiving anything. And now it's time to actually figure out how do I receive for myself? And the only way to really do that is to make that happen for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nobody going to, you know, that white knight coming, prancing through and going to save you there. Like it's, it's, it's that accumulation of you got to find that time where you're like, okay, actually this is me. I got to make a change. I got to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that many people find it through traveling. I think it is a very brave move you made that you said you didn't know what's going to happen in my future, but I do need that space to just mm-hmm. sit with myself for a bit of time and to be far away from everything that has happened. And I decided to sell my house, to leave my husband, to leave my career and to live from my car how was that? How long have you been traveling and living from your car, Kirsten? So I did I did that for a year and a half. I'm now, for the last year, I've been permanent in a house in Utah. Um, but yeah, I lived out of a car for a year and a half. I spent two of those summers teaching at a guest ranch in Idaho. So I did have like a semi-temporary spot for a few months at a time. But yeah, it was just a lot of exploring and and seeing what was next. And the thing that was really important to me is that when I was in my career and I was at, you know, back home in Michigan, I was a like what I call a busy addict. And I was so consumed with like filling my schedule with everything. I worked, I volunteered, I did this, I did that. Like every hour was spoken for. And I think at that time, it was this status symbol of like, look at everything I can do. But really what it was, was a coping mechanism to not deal with you know, some of that deeper stuff. And so the brave move was actually not having all of those things to fill my time and having that space was actually really scary because then I had to actually sit with my present experience and and reflect and 
and take that time because there wasn't all those other things distracting me, right? So we still had the adventure and the fun and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it was me alone in my car. You know, a lot of nights, especially in the winter, you know, the day's done at 5 p.m. And uh, what are you going to do with yourself during that time? So Mm -hmm. that space was really important for me. Yeah. So what have you done after 5 p.m. when it got dark? Um, you know, sometimes I would still, you know, veg out and watch TV, but I spent a lot of time um, journaling, reading, you know, when it wasn't too cold, I do yoga out in the start, you know, under the stars and and move my body. I spent time connecting with people that I loved, you know, having actually real conversations, you know, over the phone, of course. And yeah, just being able to take that time to reflect and, and figure out and uh, try to understand what was next for me. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly lovely. And I mean, the power of journaling, I would like to tap into that a little bit. What's journaling that something that has helped you like discover what you want to do next? Yeah. With journaling for me, I know a lot of people have people that don't journal, particularly, right? They have these reservations about it and they're like, I can't journal or I don't know how. The important part about journaling is to make it work for yourself. So yes, you know, I think we typically think of journaling like, oh, dear diary, this is what happened today. And certainly there can be reward in that. Um, but I think the true benefit comes from when you're finding that time of self-reflection. And the thing with writing it down rather than just being in your head thinking about it is that you have to actually slow down. Your thoughts go a mile a minute while you're just thinking in your head, right? And you don't have track of them. But when you're actually writing it down, I often find myself writing things down that I didn't even realize were in my head. And I'm basically like uncovering thoughts that I didn't even really know I had. And this comes from practice, of course, being able to just journal and continue on with like that stream of consciousness of what's what's next. Um, but something that I've found and a tool that I found really helpful when I'm journaling is especially in these times where I'm feeling like out of control or things are not going my way, or maybe I'm not motivated being able to ask the question of why. And I do that a lot in my journaling. So like, oh, today I don't really want to teach this yoga class. Well, why do I not want to teach this yoga class? Like, oh, I just, I feel like it's not going to go well. Why do you feel like it's not going to go well? And being able to really uncover what's underneath that. And then the next important question is what can I do? And that's really what has been the magic for journaling for me is finding that next step of, okay, here I found what the solution is, but does that, does that problem even make sense? Is this rational? Emma, is this just a story I'm telling myself in my head? And what's one small step that I know is going to make a difference to do it? And so, for example, this is a question that I wrote about a lot in my journal while I was home because I loved teaching. But when I got to it, I was so tired and exhausted that I was like, I don't want to teach why don't I want to teach? So I'd uncover that and I'd journal and I think, okay, actually it's just that, you know, I haven't stepped into my own, like, you know, kind of quieting myself. So, okay, what's something I can do? Oh, probably if I just sit and breathe for five minutes and realize I've done this before, I can do this again. Okay. Now let me go try that. And then you put the journal aside and then you take whatever next steps are, are needed. And then, um, yeah, it's an opportunity to move forward. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with what you say, Kirsten, because I am, I have the feeling I am discovering journaling every time I do it, every time I drop it and start again, it's for me, it's a new discovery. And I just mm -hmm. haven't got to the point like why I never like stick to it because it's magic, right? It's true magic. Yeah. It seems, and I think we always look for some 
even more magic tools that are potentially not reachable or something that, I don't know, doesn't exist yet. But I think we have all tools available that can be so simple. Like how I, I journal, I always set myself up for the day, no matter what comes. And also whenever I create content, I create this out of mm-hmm. this energy in the morning where I write it down, where I, I get my brains going around it. And then it's there. And sometimes I even manage to like create out of like nowhere three, four pieces that I can later just see mm-hmm. how they align with my strategical part, right? And where they fit in. Yeah. And even if they don't fit in the day, they always find a place in an, another moment. And this is what I truly enjoy. And I always, I journal every beginning of the month and every end of the week. And this is just such a beautiful tool to reflect is this one of those ways you mentioned how you help people, how you teach them to reconnect with their wild? Yeah, absolutely. So in a number of my programs, journaling is a big uh, component of it because it is that term that is that time for self-reflection and really yoga journaling, all of this, really what it's meant to do is to allow you to drop into your present experience and bring awareness because without awareness, nothing will change, right? Something as simple as, right, you bring awareness to the fact that you're st- your stomach is growling and you realize, oh, I'm hungry. And so then you go and you eat, right? You wouldn't have ever like realized that you're hungry if you didn't bring awareness to whatever was happening in the present moment, right? So something as simple as that to something more where you're talking about tapping into your intuition, that little voice within you, it's always speaking. But until you are really practiced and able to sink into that awareness and that present experience, you're not going to hear it. So Yes, journaling is definitely a means of doing that and being able to reflect in on what's going on and what's um, what's causing these things that are in your present awareness. Mm-hmm. I love that. What are other ways how we can connect to our wild? So before I get into that, I would just love to um, kind of define what wild is uh, because I think some people hear it and they think, oh, wild and crazy. Or like, you know, I've, I've been noticing a lot of people in my circle when they, something quote unquote, crazy happens, right? They go, that was wild. They're like, whatever. But that's not really necessarily what the the angle I'm trying to go with here. If you look up the word, um, it's original pejorative sense. It's, you know, this sense of authentic, untamed, natural, thinking about like the wild, the nature outside animals. They're just, they're not, you know, trying to conform to something else. They just are truly what they are. And we come into this world with more of that sense, right? So children, you know, think about children, they don't, they're not as concerned about like what people think of them. Like they want to wear a fairy dress to the grocery store, like they're going to do that, right? And so it's being able to connect back in with that true self. That's not really you living for somebody else. It's not you living based off of society's norms. It's not you living off of your partner's beliefs or your parents' beliefs. And it's really based off of who you truly are at the core. And the greatest part about that is that you're wild. It never goes away. That's why I use this word of reclaim. It's within us, right? We have all of these layers that are put and built upon us as we age, as we grow, as we build new relationships. So it's a matter of shedding them all to come back to that true authentic self. And so that's really what wild means to me. And in terms of getting there, lots of practices, right? So awareness, 
And the one simple tool that I love to share with everybody, because you can do this journaling, you can do this in your head. It's uh, my signature SHED method. So it's an acronym, S-H-E-D. And what it allows you to do is bring awareness to your present experience, no matter where you are. So it's a great journaling activity, uh, but it can also just be, you know, you wake up before you open your eyes and you just take about a minute to do this. So it's great because no matter how busy you think you are, you have opportunity to do this. You have time to do this. So I'll go through that really quickly. So shed uh, S is sensation. So the easiest thing to connect in with sensation of the physical body here. So just take a scan head to toe. How's my body feeling today? Are there any kind of signals, right? Am I hungry? That kind of thing. But also, you know, do I have some tenderness somewhere in my body, you know, how am I feeling energetically? That kind of aspect there. The next one is H for heart. So what are my emotions today? How am I feeling? Um, often we're flooded with these feelings, these emotions, and a lot of us are very disconnected with that and we don't know even what's going on. So again, just bringing that awareness. What am I feeling? What are my emotions right now? E is for energy. You know, what are your energy levels? But I also like to think about this one as breath, right? We notice that, especially in my yoga practice, when we our physical yoga practice, when we practice this, I think about bringing, bringing that awareness to the breath, right? Are you taking these short, choppy breaths? Are you taking these full, deep breaths? How is that energy? How are you sitting in your body? And then finally, D is for dialogue. So that inner dialogue in your head, what's going on? What are the thoughts that you're having? Are these thoughts taking you to the past? You know, are you, re you know, rehashing everything out from yesterday? Are they so focused on the future or are you actually truly present with what's going on right now? And again, the whole idea of this practice is to just bring awareness. So being able to connect with this each day helps to uh, bring that awareness in. And then the next step of the method when you're ready for it is the shedding part. So S-H-E-D, when you realize anything, any of these things in your awareness that no longer serve you, that are not driving you towards your purpose, that are not going to serve you for your day and what you'd like ahead, you shed them. So you let them go. Sounds super simple. It is super simple. Uh, it can be a lot harder than that, right? So we've got these feelings. We we want to let go of them, but we don't know how. But just taking that awareness and that moment to say, okay, even if I can, even if it's just 1% right now, let's see if I can just let go of this, this shame for just 1%, just a little bit. And then you build the practice from there. So really simple method, um, really great opportunity to continue to do this daily. And it's by definitely my number one tool that I like to share with people. Sounds incredibly. I can only imagine how you feel after that, after you have really tapped in into every, every feeling we feel, every thought we think, every yeah, sensation that, that comes our way, that it's even only that. Only this one experience is so rewarding at the moment because it brings you back to just what is and not what is mm -hmm. supposed to be or that, right. you know, sometimes we just also, myself including, I'm not saying I am perfectionizing this, any kind of practices here. Sometimes I just wake up and I'm so into that, oh my God, let's do this mm -hmm. now, right? And I yeah. do feel how rewarding it is when I manage to not to do it, right? Not to push myself mm -hmm. instantly the moment I open up my eyes, right? So speaking of what we think we have to do, right? And you previously mentioned that we should stop living for somebody else. When mm -hmm. you 
left on your travel in your car and you came back. Was there, so to say, expectations of society, family, friends that you would go back to a normal job and just do as you did? I love this question because the sense of going back was a little bit different for me because I didn't go back to where I used to live. I mm-hmm. built a new life. And not saying that this is an option for everybody or that this is, you know, the way to go, but this was what was right for me. I fell in love with the desert in the West. And I knew that I needed to live here because there is like like in my travels where I needed this openness in this space, that is what the desert provides. It is open and beautiful and it is just that space. And I knew that I needed to be in a place where I could step a mile away from my house and have that space. And so in terms of going back to, you know, quote unquote, normal life, of course, when you come back to live in a house and have all these expenses again, there's of course, you know, you've got to do certain things But I don't really think I ever felt pressure from the people in my life to go back to this career or anything like that. And the reason is, is because throughout this entire experience, I've been sharing what joy I've found. I've been sharing, you know, the experiences, the realizations that I've had. And rather than people, you know, the people that did have at the beginning those reservations about what I was doing they realized and saw and experienced and witnessed me stepping into my power and they let go of those judgments and they realized, hey, she's going to do what she needs to for her and I trust her. And those people that didn't still agree with me, they're no longer in my life. You know, I have just accumulated. And as I've built a new community, I've built a new community around, you know, people that have those same ambitions, those same qualities, those same acceptance and love of exactly what I'm doing. So no, I don't think I, I don't think I feel that pressure anymore. Certainly I feel that pressure from society still at times. I feel that pressure from myself still at times. Um, But in terms of the people that I surround myself with, I think that they've been able to witness the change in me and be able to accept and love that and actually um, be really proud and inspired by that instead. Mm, I like that. How was I would like to to tap in in shortly in one more thing where you said those people who didn't agree with me are no longer in my life. I think whenever some someone would like to make a change in their lives, whether this is now moving to another country, go traveling, starting a business, whatever we desire to do different than the normal, so to say, people are afraid of losing part of their community, people who think differently. What advice would you like to give if someone really fears losing somebody in their lives because they think different? I definitely identify with this. I definitely feel this and I understand the fear. But when you say that you are going, you're fearing of losing someone else because you don't want to do what you're doing, the thing that I see in that is you're losing yourself instead. And how much scarier is that to lose yourself and lose exactly what you desire and you need just because you don't want someone else to leave your life. And not everybody is going to like what you do. Not everybody is going to agree with what you do. And that is their stuff. That is not your stuff. And it is scary to lose people, especially when we love them, especially when it's someone close, like a family member. 
But if they can't accept you and love you for you, who you are, is that really someone that you want in your life? Mm -hmm. I think it's a hard question to answer, but by the end of the day, it is a question, am I letting go of somebody disagreeing or am I letting go of myself, my dreams and my desires, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can I sacrifice myself for keeping this person in my life? And I, I, you know, I identify with that for eight years. I was with, you know, my ex-husband that, yeah, the answer to that question was, no, I will sacrifice myself to keep this person in my life because I love this person. I care about this person. I see the future for and with this person. And yes, I mean, whether it was a conscious decision or not, um, until ultimately I was so hurt and so lost by that, that I decided that, no, actually the answer now is no. So even if the answer is, you know, yes, doesn't mean it won't change. doesn't mean, yeah, it, I think it's a very individualized question. And I think, and I sympathize and I understand that fear, but ultimately to me, at least it is much more scary to completely lose myself rather than lose someone else in my life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So dear listener, if you just listen to this and you resonate and you would like to reach out to Kirsten for her support, or if you feel like, oh, I know someone who could benefit from this conversation, please don't hesitate to share it or to reach out to Kirsten. Everything you need to connect with her, you will find in the show notes. And I would like to round up this conversation, Kirsten, ask you my last but favorite question what do people misunderstand the most about you? Yeah, I love this question. And the reason is, is as a yoga teacher, I think a lot of people view yoga teachers or me or, you know, see my stories, see my Instagram, you know, reminder that like everything you see on social media is just part of life. And the misunderstanding comes from just because I'm a yoga teacher does not mean I'm Zen and calm and peaceful all the time. Just like everybody else, I have crazy erratic emotions. I, even though I have done these brave things in my life, I still have a lot of fear about things. I still have a lot of imposter syndrome. I still experience all those things. Really, truly, the only difference is that I have the tools and the resources and the practices that I've built to be able to come home to myself, to able to balance myself and keep going forward. And so just a reminder and the misunderstanding that just because I'm a yoga teacher and I teach all of these great, incredible things to find bravery and confidence doesn't mean that I don't struggle with some of those same things. And that is exactly why I like to help women. And I'm so passionate about it is because, you know, I struggle at times too, and we're all in this together. We're all learning together. We're all growing together. And, uh, yeah, there's no such a thing like a one-time fix. It's a constant involvement. Yeah. And having someone by your side who truly understands, who can really, really deeply understand everything you're going through, I think is such a gift we can have in our life. Thank you for sharing, Kirsten, and for being this amazing conversation partner today. Thank you so much. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.